This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, public health prepares for COVID subvariant. Council talks housing accomplishments and challenges. Telluride Jazz Festival announces 2023 lineup. And a mountain weather forecast. COVID-19 is no longer the central element of life for most, but it's still among us. Locally, our wastewater data has decreased quite substantially from um, mid-December, but still remains at a moderate level of COVID disease burden. That's Grace Franklin, Public Health Director for San Miguel County, presenting before the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners this week. Statewide, um, however, we have seen an increase in cases and percent positivity. Um, This isn't surprising just seeing um, the uptick of the XBB15 subvariant of COVID. The XBB15 variant is moving across the country. It's become the dominant strain nationwide and really has been slowly making its way from the east to the west across the states. Currently, XBB15 is just over 30% of the COVID cases in the region, compared to nearly 90% in parts of the east coast. It's been outpacing all of the current subvariants that are dominant in the United States, um, and it looks like it has greater transmissibility um, than previous variants and subvariants. And then one key piece is that um, there's similar immune escape um, and vaccine effectiveness as the recent um, subvariants of Omicron that we've seen um, within our communities. On the plus side, Franklin notes XBB15 doesn't appear to cause more severe disease than previous COVID variants. And she says the community has all the tools at its disposal to keep safe this winter a sentiment shared by Commissioner Hillary Cooper. I know that we as a community can be very supportive of people who are choosing to wear masks. Um, We don't know the reason that they're choosing to wear a mask. They could be choosing to wear a mask to prevent us from being contaminated. So um, I hope that we are one of those communities who is uh, uh, welcoming and encouraging and supportive of those who choose to wear masks and even maybe even thankful to those who choose to wear masks, um, especially as we have a lot of travelers coming into our region, and I would prefer that many of them be wearing masks. Wearing a mask, testing before seeing loved ones, getting good airflow, staying home when you're sick, and staying up to date on vaccines are the best way to protect yourself this winter. One of the biggest rental agencies in Telluride is, of course, the town itself. Putting locals up at Shandoka, Virginia Placer, the boarding house, the tiny homes, and now the newly delivered Sunnyside development is no idle task, says Melanie Wasserman, director of housing for the town. And Wasserman adds 2022 was a particularly busy year. So over the last year, we turned 27 apartment units. So those are between uh, mostly Virginia Placer and Shandoka. In a normal year, or I guess I should say, In the almost six years that I've been here, um, we would average closer to like 13 or 14 units. So this was a really big year for us. We were really busy with apartment turns. Wasserman says the higher number of residents moving is partly due to the town's efforts to rehouse folks living in Shandoka's F building. A complete remake of Building F is in the planning stages and residents will need to relocate before construction can begin. 
Also in 2022, the rental department completed over 800 work orders and, Wasserman says, saw some positive growth, quite literally, in Shandoka's outdoor spaces. Um, one of the things that people have remarked about the most over the last year have been the new garden areas at Shandoka. We have a tenant who has the greenest thumb I've ever seen in my life, who's been um, kind of making those gardens. We've been supplying her with whatever she asked for in terms of soil or um, fertilizer, that type of thing. And then we have a couple staff members who um, got really motivated this year to also establish some new garden areas. So it's been really fun bringing a little bit of color down to that area. Wasserman presented her rental housing update to town council this week. One major accomplishment from 2022 was the Sunnyside Lottery. Sunnyside apartments were divided up between Tier 1 and Tier 2 rentals. A Tier 1 rental fits a family or individual, making roughly the area's average income while a Tier 2 rental is better suited for someone making a higher salary. Wasserman says the lower-income units saw far more interest in the lottery. The Sunnyside Committee designated about 43% of the units as Tier 2 and 57 as Tier 1. But out of the people who actually applied, only 21% of them actually qualified as Tier 2, and 79% were Tier 1. Wasserman says the lower-income units saw far more interest. Councilmember Dan Enright says this suggests the town needs to focus on options which target a lower area median income, also known as an AMI. It's strong evidence of we perhaps need to re-examine our goals for future projects. The Sunnyside Committee, we had heard feedback around that time that we needed more Tier 2 options for people and this shows that that maybe didn't fulfill the expectation that we had at the time. However, Council Member Adrian Christie says council should think long term. Telluride does not collect tax information on Shandoka residents at the moment, so it has only a vague sense of how much income those residents make. Many residents might be making over the income limit for Shandoka's deed restriction. Christie says building Tier 2 housing could help the town move higher-income residents into better-suited housing. Ideally, as we move to perhaps updating our rental guidelines in Chandoka, we can get people who are technically Tier 2 people out of Chandoka to make room for people who are Tier 1 because that's what Chandoka is. And it's just like a lot of, we're sort of revamping our whole rental world mm-hmm. at this point with new properties, so... Collecting more information on income levels at Shandoka has been a long-term goal of Telluride. But Wasserman points out if town begins to enforce the restrictions more strictly, many would struggle to find a place to stay. Being able to afford, you know, rent at one of our affordable housing units and free market rent, there's not a lot in between, you know, and sometimes making that jump from where we are to free market rent a family could go from being just fine or doing great because they're, you know, making over income to living paycheck to paycheck. So I would want to do it with a, a fair amount of care and how we go about it. The tight housing market in Telluride is evidenced by the waiting list for town housing. The boarding house has a wait list near 50. Shandoka and Sunnyside hover around 180. And the number is 120 at Virginia Placer. Going into 2023, there will be further discussion on how to better enforce income restrictions in town housing without making any of the current residents housing insecure.
Shine the trumpet and saxophone, tune up the bass, dust off the drums. The 2023 Telluride Jazz Festival will be back again this summer. On Wednesday, the festival announced its lineup. Headlining the festival this year will be Grammy Award-winning Gregory Porter. I try to run. I grow weary. St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Power of Power. There will also be performances from Soul Rebels, Jameson Ross, and Butcher Brown. The festival will also feature Lady Ray, Kenyon Harold, Takuya Kuroda, Tuba Skinny, Shamar Allen, the legendary singing stars, Josh Quinlan Q-Tet featuring Terrell Stafford, Annie Boo Sextet, the Telluride Student All-Stars Jazz Ensemble, the McCarthy Trio, Deep Pocket, the Voodoo Orchestra, Hooligans Brass Band, the Inevitables, and Worst Case Scenario. There will also be the quintessential parade, Jazz on Main, featuring jazz acts in free performances at Main Street locations and free performances at the Society Stage in Elks Park. The 2023 Telluride Jazz Festival will take place in Town Park August 11th through 13th. Alta Lakes is consistently, and increasingly, one of the most popular summer recreation spots in the Telluride area. Part of the Grand Mesa, Uncompagre, and Gunnison National Forests, the lakes, as many listeners may know, feature stunning scenery, are open for hiking, camping, and biking, and can be accessed by a road for jeeps and other high-clearance recreational vehicles. Given high levels of use, the GMUG reports its current management strategies are unsustainable, Thus, it's drafting a new management plan and is looking for public comment in the process. The plan could include more bathroom facilities, habitat restoration, road and parking lot improvements, and the construction of paths specifically for dispersed camping. Public comment is open until March 2nd and can be emailed to megan.eno at usda.gov or mailed to the Ranger District at their Norwood P.O. Box number 388. For more information on the project and how to comment, visit fs.usda.gov gmug. Telluride Adaptive Sports is embarking on a new partnership with the Tribal Adaptive Organization. Based in New Mexico, Tribal Adaptive provides Native Americans who have disabilities with opportunities for recreation and sport. The partnership will feature multiple ski days and cycling events in the Telluride area over the next 18 months, connecting First Nation citizens with our regional mountain terrain. The San Juans are historically part of their homeland. 
The ski days and hand cycle camps are specifically for athletes with paralysis. The partnership is funded by a $36,000 grant from the Christopher Reeve Foundation, a national organization working to research spinal cord injuries and improve quality of life for paralyzed individuals. The founder of Tribal Adaptive, Noah Blue Elkochkis, notes tribal athletes are excited to work with TASP's expert in structures and, quote, experience the beauty of Telluride and the San Juan Mountains. Lawmakers at the state capitol want to make it easier for out-of-state teachers to work in Colorado. Under a new bill, Colorado would join the Interstate Teacher Mobility Compact, along with nine other states. The goal is to create a more streamlined process for teachers to transfer their licenses between states. Representative Megan Lukens is one of the bill's sponsors. She says this is a way to attract teachers to Colorado classrooms. The number one determining factor to student success is the teacher in the classroom, and this bill would support high-quality teachers to move to Colorado, and therefore this bill supports a high-quality education system which benefits our students. Lukin says the bill will support special education teachers and emerging bilingual teachers, too. The U.S. Department of Defense helped craft the proposal. It also focuses on teachers who are military members or military spouses because they often relocate. All 10 states involved must sign on to the compact before it goes into effect. A new bill at the state house could make it easier for Colorado children going into foster care to be placed with relatives. KOTO's Lucas Brady-Woods reports. When a child can't safely remain in their home, they're placed into the foster care system or into kinship care with a family member. Lawmakers want to make it easier for kids to go into kinship care by streamlining child placement procedures. One of the bill's Republican sponsors, Representative Rose Puglisi, says the lack of foster homes makes kinship placement especially important. I know we try so hard throughout the state, every community, every county, to recruit more and more foster homes for these children, um, but there's just not enough out there. And so when we have the ability to keep kin together, to keep these children with their relatives, with their families, we should make that the priority. If passed, the bill would instruct authorities to prioritize kinship placement. It also ensures safeguards to protect kids, like mandatory background checks on family. The bill unanimously passed a preliminary vote in the House and now moves to a final recorded House vote. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the State Capitol. California is out with the proposal for cutback to the amount of water it uses from the Colorado River. KUNC's Alex Hager has the details. This proposal comes a day after the other six states that use the river's water agreed to their own. California's would conserve less water and asks federal authorities to respect existing laws for how the river is shared. The proposal is mostly hinged on a plan first announced last October, where California would cut back on its Colorado River use by about 9 percent. Both California's pitch and the other six-state agreement come as feds are looking for new ways to prop up the nation's largest reservoirs. Climate change is shrinking supplies, and states have been deadlocked over plans to reduce demand. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for clear skies tonight with a low around 10 degrees. Thursday should bring sun with a high near 40 degrees. Clear skies should remain on Thursday night with a low in the high teens. Friday calls for more sun with a high near 45, and Friday night should be cloudy with a low around 20. This has been the news for Wednesday, February 1st.
Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Attention parents with young children. Do you want to learn ways to improve your child's sleep? Join Bright Futures, Wilkinson Public Library, and Telluride R1 School District on Wednesday, February 8th, for a free parenting workshop all about sleep strategies. This workshop will begin at 5.30 p.m. at the library. Dinner and childcare will be provided and Spanish translation will be available. See you at the library. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact the staff person here at Kodo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.